This week on Console Command, doing things the hard way. To episode five of Console Command, I am your host Alex the Red. I am joined by my esteemed co-host Hippo Padmas. How you doing today, Hippo? I'm doing pretty good, Alex. How are you doing today, my friend? To be quite frank, I am exhausted. I've been up since about four fifteen a.m. Work was pretty busy, and I I'm just I'm really tired. But at least I didn't come home from work mow the backyard and do a bunch of uh, weed eating right after so i've got that going for me i'm I'm not i'm not dying i'm just tired smart man you i think possibly deserve a nap maybe after the stream i'll probably take a nap after i'll I'll be going to bed after since i go back to work at five again yeah it's it's been a day yeah i guess you know eight o'clock eight fifteen ish around that time that does sound kind of like late for a nap that does sound like it might be bedtime at that point yeah, but uh, I'll be fine. I'm adult. I'm an adult. I've uh, survived this far. I'm not a big fan of this uh, this work schedule. But uh, the, the biggest the biggest reason I haven't complained to my workplace about it yet is because I have less interactions with customers, and that's that that's enough of a reason to to stick with it for this long, especially right now. Well, well, Alex, you know it. It sounds like you've been having a rough time. And I think I think I know something that may help you out. And it's something that I've found very recently. And what it is be? the Linen Kugels, probably said that incorrectly, Summer Shandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what I'm partaking in right now. It is absolutely delicious, man. My uh, my brother brought home a case of it. He's like, oh, you know, there's the Summer Shandy. I, I thought you'd, you'd like. I know you don't really like lemonade, but. You know, it's it's still pretty good. So mm. I figured I'd I'd give it a I'd give it a shot. And my God, it's so good. It's so refreshing. Like, don't you hate lemons? I remember when we were living together, that's something I learned and I was kind of surprised because growing up in the South, lemonade is just kind of a thing like you're expected to enjoy. Lemonade, sweet tea, all like the classic, you know, like mac and cheese, fried chicken, all that shit. So, yeah, well, you know, yeah, I'm not, I guess your typical southern, big old southern boy. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of the sweet tea. I'm not uh, a fan of, I guess, sweet tea. College football is like, you know, it's football, I guess. Mm. But lemons never, never really have been my thing. But man, this summer shandy is so, so good. Like, it's just like, it's very refreshing. It doesn't. It still has that beer taste to it, which, you know, take it or leave it. You might like it. You might hate it. Um, but it, it's kind of like backed by that nice, refreshing lemon flavor. That's just so good. I can't say more about it. I can't say I can't say enough about it. It's just so, so refreshing. I have to try some, although recently I've fallen off the beer wagon uh, a bit. And I don't know if I'm becoming like a full on wino, but 
for the past few months, if I've been drinking something, it's usually wine. If it's not like a like an actual liquor liquor drink, but I'll still have beer on occasion. Like I'm, I'm sipping on a Kirin Ichiban right now. Uh, Sapporo is also good. I've stopped getting Yingling. I'm not going to try and turn this into a political discussion, but there are lots of things out there that you can you can do to show your support or show your not support. And I figure, well, while I can't really stop myself from buying shoes that are comfortable for my feet that I need to be comfortable since I'm walking around at work all day, I can not buy one type of beer, even though it's the one I've had the most over the years. So I'm trying out some new ones. I may start going down the craft road again, but that gets expensive after a while. Even if you do like a pick six, it's still $10 for a six pack where I could spend like six to seven dollars for a six pack of a different, you know, like a more well-known well-known brand. Yeah, it really does get get expensive after a little bit. At this point, like I'm in my 30s now. Do I like a craft beer? Absolutely. Would I prefer craft beer over, say, like a Bud Light or a Miller Light or, as you said, a Yingling? 100%. Now, if someone gives me a Yingling or if someone gives me a Bud Light or a Michelob Ultra, I mean, you know, I, I when I drink, I'm drinking to hang out with my friends. And if that's what they're drinking, so be it. I'm totally cool with it. Unless it's Heineken. I will turn down Heineken every time because that's some of the worst beer I've had. It's like actual piss. People joke about stuff being piss water. I swear, if piss water had a taste, it would be Heineken. I, I can't stand it. You know, Alex, I do think piss water has a taste. I'm not quite <laughs> too familiar with it, but I'm pretty sure there is a taste to it. Not sure if it's going to be that Heineken flavor, though. I mean, I'm not familiar with it. Is there? Have you? Are there experiences you want to share in this video game podcast about your... Your piss adventures. Yeah, you. I, I'm actually writing a game about it right now. It's going to be uh, the the <laughs> writing a Patty's, game. Yeah, Patty's piss adventures. Peepees. Oh, it's boy. the peepees. <laughs> okay. Make sure you get your peepee power all the way up. Oh yeah, you get. You have to do that. Otherwise, then you're going to be defeated by the giant kidney stone mountain. Kidney stone. Is he called the mountain, or is it just kidney stone mountain? Kind of like, like a Disney Disney ride. Yes. To both? It's both. Yeah, it's both. It's Kidney Stone Mountain on Kidney Stone Mountain. Big, big, big Kidney Mountain. Big hop, Kidney hop, hop, Mountain. Hop aboard, buckle in, make sure you keep your arms and legs inside at all times. Oh my god, Alex, what are we doing? What is this podcast? <laughs> uh, Well, it is not a, a podcast explicitly about beer and piss talk. It's primarily about <laughs> uh, video games and our experiences with them. And this week we are discussing a game uh, called the letter V six times V V V V V V V V V V V V V. However you want to pronounce it, it is the uh, letter V six times, and it's one that I hadn't played in quite a while. It's going to be the theme for a lot of our our games on this podcast. But I think the last time I had played it was in 2014. But I did play it close to its original release because I did have. A pretty like mid tier laptop, but it was more than enough to handle this, and I remember it playing it back then. But yeah, it's it's uh, it was one of my favorites because at, at a certain point in time, there was the indie landscape was not just like exploding like it like it is now. Like it's just it's there's so much to trudge through nowadays. It's hard to find the good stuff. Back then, I guess to be fair, the Steam Steam as a whole, it wasn't really as open to uh, new releases you had it was a lot more locked down so if you got on there there's a fair chance you were probably going to be at least 
at least mediocre, if not good. But uh, yeah, when I think of V six times, um, just thinking about it, thinking about it, and the kind of games that came out around the time, or maybe not even around the time, but just I'm lumping them into the same category. Mm-hmm. I think about V six times. I think about Cave Story. I think about I know Cave Story is going to be way earlier than this, but kind of think of around the same time. Um, think about uh, Meat Boy. Think about Isaac Braid. Limbo, maybe Limbo might be a little bit later than that, but I kind of lump all of them around the same time, probably because they're all indie titles, but I'm lumping them all kind of together. And when I think of V6 times, I just think of that big indie boom that happened in the early to mid 2010s. Yeah, I think it was 2010. Super Meat Boy was that year and XBLA. V, 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 V. I don't remember. I think Braid came out in 2008. It might have. uh... Might have been 2010. I, don't, I honestly don't remember, but yeah, 20. No, it was 2008. Either way, 2010 was, was a big year for indie games. Was that indie boom kind of, kind of around that late 2000s? I always thought it was the early 2010s, but you know, definitely it could be the late 2000 2000s. I mean, there. I'd say from 2007, 2008 onward, there was at least like one or two pretty big indie games that came out that a lot of people would know about like for 2008 it was braid or 2009 uh, no 2010 i would say is definitely meat boy 2011 would be isaac i think spelunky might have come out in uh the the newer version of spelunky not the original like 8-bit version came out in 2011 or 2012 limbo was 2010 i guess you could also count amnesia as kind of an indie game yeah, and, I would. Uh, one other big thing for 2010, that was the first year uh, of Humble Indie Bundle, which as Ooh. we know now, that's that's a huge thing. And, uh, by uh, the way, by the way, Alex said him with that humble partner that you are. Uh, I, I'm not going to not going to hit him up with that. <laughs> It'll be OK. Well, OK. But yeah, uh, 2010 was, if not the start of a big indie explosion, it was definitely working towards that. V, 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 V six times. I'm just going to say V six times from here on out. So I don't want to try to meme too much. But uh, yeah, V six times was one of the earliest releases in the year. It came out in January 11, January 11th, 2010. Was originally developed in Adobe Flash. I wasn't aware of this. Uh, Eventually it was uh, remade in C++ by a separate developer. And I should, sorry, I mentioned V six times was created by Terry Cavanaugh was rewritten in C++ by developer Simon Roth, was his name, in 2011. That was important because uh, it was the year that it was also included in the third Humble Indie Bundle, and that C++ port allowed it to be ported to other systems, such as Linux, 3DS, and later on down the line, Nintendo Switch. Now, I know you mentioned Flash during the development. Alex, do you remember if there was like a free version of the game before there was like an actual release or maybe that was paired with the release because i definitely feel like i played it before this podcast but the first time i've ever formally played the game was for the podcast it had a demo on congregate that's where it uh, was probably 
uh, a lot of people's first exposure to it was on on that website. I spent a lot of time on Congregate at my first job because uh, one of the clients I was working for, we had a lot of downtime, so I was I was on there frequently, but I don't remember seeing VV, sorry, V six times on there. Yeah, I worked at a battery store around this time, and it was pretty pretty quiet a lot of the time. So I would hop on the computer, surf like uh, NBA, ESPN, and hit the Flash games. And I definitely feel like I remember playing something at least with the same mechanics as V6. Uh, I can't remember any other games around that time that had similar mechanics. I know that uh, V6 Times was inspired by a... uh, At least the graphical style was inspired by... Uh, some Commodore 64 games, most notably Jet Set Willy. There was some some other game it was inspired by uh, around in that same area in 86, 87, but I forget the name of it. Probably Super Mario. Yeah, Super Mario, famous for uh, its gravity flipping mechanics. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Alex, this was my first time playing this. Now, you've played it before, you said? I did play it before. I don't think it was right at release, but it was... Not not too long after. 20, 2011 or so. So let me ask you this. I know it's it's been, what, nine years since you first played it. Mm. But playing it now, uh, how how is it to what you remembered when you first played it? Honestly, when I first played this game, I remembered it being much, much harder. And unfortunately, I deleted my save file when I uh, started it the other, literally yesterday, <laughs> playing it for the podcast. <laughs> Because I just wanted like a fresh, fresh run. So I didn't peek at how many deaths I had. I know I had at least over 500 this time because I didn't get the achievement for under 500 deaths. But that was just mostly because I was brute forcing some uh, some areas, especially that one room we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, I remember it being harder, even though I have more deaths this time, probably. But honestly, it I didn't think it was that hard. It, it it I still enjoy it as much as I did aesthetically, especially the music. I do like the graphics, even if they are very lo-fi. I think that lends to its charm. Like it, it just it's a cozy little game that you just want to snuggle up with right as you go to sleep. Maybe cut a little little bit. Be the big spoon. Be, be the big spoon. I may let mm. V six times be the be the big spoon. I don't know. Depends on how froggy I'm feeling. But I agree. Graphics are fine. The music is outstanding. That that's honestly it might even be my favorite part of the game. I do enjoy the gameplay. I do enjoy some of the challenges. But that music slaps, dude. It it's so good. It's so good. And you know the thing about it is you're going to be in the in an area and you're going to be hearing that same loop over and over and over again and not once while playing the game did I get upset at the music or get I don't want to say upset, but get annoyed at hearing the same get over and over with. again. Yeah, like when we played Mega Man last week or the other week, uh, hearing the same tune over and over again on Iceman stage, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to mute the game. I'm not. I'm just going to mute it and play through it. With V six times, I die all the time. I mean, it happens in the game. No, no problems, and there's nothing stopping me from wanting to complete it so there's no music that's looping and me going oh this is awful or no annoying sound effects anywhere or anything like that the game itself like is challenging but it's very friendly to you it's hard but very friendly to you 
if that makes sense. Yeah, and I didn't mean to gloss over this. Before we go too much further into uh, gameplay discussion, let's at least take a brief look at the plot. The plot is, I don't want to say insignificant or unimportant or not there. It is almost not there. But it does technically have a plot. You yeah, are... When you say brief, when you say brief, you mean brief. It's going to be a brief synopsis. It is a very brief synopsis. Basically, uh, you, the player character, are Captain Viridian. You and your five crewmates, which I did not write their names down, but they all start, their names start with the letter V. You're on your spaceship, going through space, having a good time. And all of a sudden, uh, there's some sort of dimensional interference that just completely just stops everything. And you might have to evacuate your ship because I don't I don't think it's exploding. It was like getting ready to crash or something. But you go to your teleporter and as you get ready to escape, the uh, teleporter malfunctions. So you get uh, separated. Everyone gets separated. They're all on their own. And you're that basically sets the game up. Your goal is to find all your crewmates, figure out what's causing the dimensional interference and get the get the heck out of here. That's the plot. That's it. That that it. There is a little <laughs> bit more as you uh, go through the game. There are little monitors, uh, terminals scattered about that you can uh, you can interact with. And it'll give like a little bit of backstory of oh, well, I did this thing, and then th- this this happened. It was basically talking about the dimension and how it was created, or at least alluding to how it was created and how to stabilize it and and not mess everything up. But I. I didn't pay as much attention to this because it's I'm not playing this game for the story, but it's it's there. I'm sure there's some YouTube video out there that's three hours long that does a deep dive on V6 time. V6 time. Let me t- let me tell you, uh, as I was playing the game, I was like, you know, I want to know what the story is. But at the same time, I don't really want to know what the story is. I didn't really care as much as I was playing it. I figured, you know what? I'll watch a video. I'll look at the deep dive and figure out what the story is through the deep dive. So I beat the game and, you know, I also want to know the story is so what I can, I can explain it in the podcast, but I look in YouTube, nothing. Uh, I look for, for it on Google, Wikipedia, the V six times Wikipedia, everything I see that talks about the plot is just about captain Viridian having to save his buddies nothing about the monitors so i'm gonna tell you i'm completely clueless as to what the monitors actually said maybe there is uh not as much there as i thought so there's no there's no vati video no uh, Alex, it's only v6 times not v7 times oh okay <laughs> yeah the the story is is enough to get you into the game and give you some motivation it's basically just motivation to to play which it, it does a job. It it's fine. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, honestly honestly the story isn't isn't what I'm here for. I'm here for the the great, great gameplay. And I guess now's the time to talk about the gameplay mechanics of it. So um V six times is a puzzle platformer. Learned that today. Which you disagreed platformer. with for some strange reason. I had no idea it was a puzzle. I didn't really feel like there were any puzzles in the game aside from that one room, uh, which we'll talk about in a moment. But uh, the main mechanic is you're you're not jumping. You hit a button and you it flips jump. the gravity. Nope, can't jump at all. So you're flipping the gravity. So you're going up to the ceiling or down to the floor or down to the ceiling or up to the ceiling, down to the floor. And then as you're progressing through the game, 
other elements are introduced. So there's are there are things like I call them trampolines, but they're just little laser beams that you hit them and then you'll flip your direction vertically. So if you're going up, you hit it, you're going to start going down and vice versa. Um, and they have them going uh, horizontally as well as vertically. So you kind of kind of like changes up how you have to go through the room. Uh, there's also like a uh, areas where the screen will it's it's called wrapping, right, Alex, where you go from the right side of the Wraps screen around back to the or side. loops. Yeah, either way. Yeah. Uh, so they've, they've got areas like that where you can go from the right side to the left side of the screen or from the bottom to the top of the screen, things like that. Uh, there's an area with teleporters. There's a area that's just um, I, w- I don't want to say a side scroller because it's you're not going side. You're going it's an it's an upper scroller. Auto scroller. Yeah. Auto scroll. Thank you. Upper scroller. I've never it's heard an upper that scroller. Before. Well, there you go. We've invented it. Um, there's an area kind of kind of mid in the game where you have to lead a crew member around which he'll follow if you're on the the floor but if you're on the ceiling Mm. he'll stop following you so it introduces different mechanics as you're going through and it it does keep it fresh uh there's also a huge open world area once you kind of get through the beginning i guess tutorial area yeah now i I see you grimace a little bit do you disagree with that i mean i just i wouldn't call this huge it just feels huge because a lot of that space in the overworld is empty but I do, I do like the the way it sets it up because the first level you go through is the tutorial. You're that's where you pop out of the teleporter after the the first cutscene in the game, and you have to go through that. But after that, the four main levels. There's four main levels, two intermissions, uh, the gravitron, which I guess is just its own thing, and then the uh, the the final level. But the four main levels where you get uh, the first four crewmates. Is it the first? No, no. I'm sorry. This is the final four because the first one you get in the tutorial level. But yeah, the last four crewmates you get, you can tackle it in a uh, non-linear fashion, which I appreciate. Maybe not fully appreciate because when I went through it this time, one of the first rooms I went to was that room. But it's it's a nice little setup. Not quite Metroidvania because I mean, you, what you get at the beginning of the game is all you have. You're not getting abilities, but you, it's sort of there as far as being able to tackle them in, in a different order. Yeah, and I guess you're right about the open the open world not being that big. But when I first started playing the game, I absolutely hated it. By the end, by the end, it had me. But when I first started playing the game, I hated it because once you go through the tutorial level, you're on your own. Mm. So I jumped down off the ship and I'm going... The, the way the game works, it's it doesn't scroll with you like uh, like you would with Mario. Think of it as kind of like the original Zelda, where once you get to your edge of the screen, it loads up another screen, or, or yeah. like the original Animal Crossing. So I jump off the the ship, and it's boom, empty black space, boom, empty black space, and then boom, I hit the floor, and it's just like it feels so intimidating playing it because it makes it feel like it's bigger than it actually is. So I go left and I flip myself to go up and I'm hitting more empty screens before I finally hit the ceiling. So I'm just intimidated by how much empty space is around me and how big everything feels. So at first I was just like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna, if I want to take the time to actually figure this out. Honestly, when I started the game, I did have 30 minutes in the game from way back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's probably why it's only 30 minutes. Probably I probably booted it up, got to that screen. I was just like, Nah, not for me. No waypoints. Because zero out of ten. 
Yeah, no, no waypoints, nothing, never playing it again. But because we're doing this book club style podcast, I had to had to finish the game. And I'm actually kind of glad that we're doing it this way because I really enjoyed the game itself. Mm. If it weren't for us doing doing the podcast, I don't think I ever would have played this game again, honestly. Really? Mm-hmm. It's just seeing such such I guess emptiness or just so much so much to do or not to do but so much just around like because the map is still pretty it still feels pretty big once you get out there just seeing so much of it it just feels overwhelming for the from the start and i just don't i I didn't want to play it again if it weren't for the podcast i probably wouldn't have played it at all Mm. but i'm very glad that i did because once i got to the meat and potatoes of the game i was having a ton of fun do you think part of the issue with uh, that initial adversity to the exploration is just your lack of control over where you're going as far as once you flip directions, you're, you're committed to it till you land? Is that part of what made you scared to... I'm not scared, but just not as uh, motivated to play? You know, I think that could be a portion of it. I, I think just seeing how big it was and seeing how much empty it was, I think I wasn't giving it, giving it a fair shake. Mm-hmm. I think I was... Th- I I think I was looking at it in a way where I was seeing a lot of empty space. There, there's probably not going to be a whole lot to the game. Um, the flipping mechanics already different than what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So having that paired with just kind of the large initial open world, I, I think it was just me not wanting to give it a fair shake based on those two things. I see. So basically what you're telling me is I don't like where I'm going. Let me go boot up Skyrim for the 70th time this week. Well, you know, I did build the computer <laughs> for Skyrim, so that probably is what actually happened. Is that when you had your first computer, 2010, 2011? Yep, that's when I built the first computer, was specifically for Skyrim. Right. I even bought the collector's edition of Skyrim with the little map. Damn. Yeah. Well, honestly, I I don't want to say that it turned me off of the game immediately, but... I can understand why someone might be a little scared of, uh, and scared is not the right word, but a little annoyed by how open it is. But when you start going to each level, when you actually get to the edges of the map and go into a level, it's it's not that big. It's it's not as as big as that map makes it look. No, not at all. And then once you actually get to the the meat and potato, like I said earlier, the actual levels of the game and you start encountering the different mechanics, that's when the game really picks up steam. And then I guess now we can kind of just kind of go into like some of the different levels. Like I know I mentioned earlier, my favorite I mentioned to you off camera or off, yeah. off mic that my favorite level in the game was the tower. And that's the auto scroll level. Yeah. And a lot of times people hear auto scroll and they're like, oh, auto scrollers. Those are what? No one likes auto scrollers. You can't move as fast as you want. And th- that's true. But I feel like it's a little different with V6. Because normally you're moving instead of like moving the screen moving, like I said earlier, like Mario, it's your get to the edge goes to another screen. And this one, it's not doing that. So you just kind of have to keep going along with it. And there are in the game. There are different uh, different. I I call them band. What are they actually called, Alex? Not bandages. They're called trinkets, trinkets. There are trinkets, a little extra things that you can get that. You don't have to. It's just like a little extra challenge. So like the the bandages for Meat Boy, mm-hmm. um, 
there are two in the tower and i honestly believe that the i missed one of them on my initial run through the tower the only bandit or the only trinket that i didn't care about going back for was the one in the tower because i just really enjoyed going through the level yeah that wasn't my favorite level mine would be the uh area where you're what you're calling are the, the trampolines that flip your direction as you touch them that was probably my favorite level just uh as far as thinking about changing direction in midair was pretty pretty interesting and to kind of not completely change directions on the topic but uh going back to difficulty a little bit especially with the tower i think the tower was one of the areas i had the hardest time with on my first playthrough and that's what i really enjoy about the soundtrack is uh it kind of just it pushes you onward to to want to keep trying it's it's a good motivator to not give up it's something about i don't, I don't know if it, this this is just going to sound weird but the kind of energy that i get from is like don't give up you can do it like it's it's a, it's a cheerleader uh behind you trying to like yeah you, you you can make it 500 deaths later yeah you did it eventually yeah, it's that little it's that hype beat um as you're talking about the music kind of keep wanting you to keep playing and get to your to your destination that there's that one area uh, I call it Vene Vene Vici because that's how you introduced it to me. W- what's it actually called? Uh, doing it the hard way is the the name of the challenge. I think it's the the achievement or the in game trophy. But one of the some of the rooms as you go through it, individual rooms are Vene Vene Vici. Mm-hmm. And the you don't even have to go through this room. This is a room to get one of the trinkets. Mm-hmm. But basically, what it is is you have to flip upside down and go through four screens i want to say i think it's four screens that have spikes on the walls you have to navigate around them hit a top platform and then navigate all the way back to get to your bandage there's a little block in in your way so that's stopping you from getting that bandage trinket stopping you from getting that trinket you memed it too much Uh, dude You, you can't stop it now i know i can't uh but i died so many times i i have my final t- playtime in this was let me see here my final playtime was 2 hours and 37 minutes mm-hmm. and i honestly think maybe 30 to 45 minutes was in that room and you might think oh that's a huge chunk of your time as you're trying to trying to beat this game you must have hated that no well yes but also no so At first the first it. Yeah, the first five minutes, you think it's bullcrap and it's awful. Why am I doing this? I don't even need to do it. But the challenge is there. And eventually you start making progress. And then eventually you hit that top part. And then eventually you make it two screens down. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you make it to the final screen and you die and you're so close. And that's not an anger moment. That's a, oh, I was so close. I got to get it. And then finally, finally you get it. And it's just, it's so good. I think that is, that is my favorite bandage to get. Um, Second favorite trinket, bandage trinket. You know what I mean? Uh, Second favorite being one that had more of a puzzle element to it. But that, that Mm. hard, hard room, just it being so difficult was it. I think that was the best part of the game, honestly. You're going to love Meat Boy when we play it for this show. 
But oh, yeah, no. I, I enjoyed this room a lot, and it's definitely the one with the most deaths. Uh, I think I only spent like 15 minutes on this room, but uh, I had off. like 96 deaths. It, hey, at least I didn't land on the left side after successfully getting all the way back down. That's that's, that's a fate worse than death right there. That is very... Po- I, I died, as I mentioned, I died on the screen where the, the trinket was. I just... Hit, pulled right too early and hit a hit a spike before grabbing the bandage mm. or trinket. But uh, this might not be my favorite trinket as far as effort you have to go through to get to it. Maybe my favorite trinket was in the uh, again the uh, flipping area before you um, get later on to the level. There's this one part that you could maybe kind of jump over, but you may, you probably won't go for it because it doesn't look like there's enough room. But there is actually enough room later on in the level. You, uh, there is a part where you have to jump over this giant wall of spikes as you as you fall up, and um, the trinket is hidden behind one of these in an early earlier part of the level, and you wouldn't think to go for that until you maybe you look back at the map after you have all the trinkets marked by the professor. It's like, wait a minute, how how the hell do you get to this one? It's it's kind of out of bounds. It is actually out of bounds, and ag- managing to get to that was just not as rewarding, but it was it was just it felt neat to me. I enjoyed it. Overall, I, I feel like the game was like it. Once I figured out the controls, if you're playing with a controller and you're playing with an analog stick, you're going to have a bad time. Don't don't but do the analog use, stick. Yeah, Please don't. If you've got if you've got a D pad, use that D pad. It is so much better than using the analog stick. And there's only maybe like one or two parts where I really dislike the game. That part where I was talking about earlier, where you had to lead a crew member around. That was my that least one, favorite part. Least favorite part for me as well. It's just, you know, you've been doing cool platforming the entire game, and now you have to kind of lead a guy that's kind of not as easy to control, I guess uh, it would be the way to put it. You have to lead him t- uh, across hard to, to navigate platforms. It wasn't terrible, but it just, it wasn't, fun it was yeah. it was different from everything else and it just wasn't fun to me that's literally the only thing i have under my dislike section for v6 times that's the only thing i can actually think of disliking and maybe if this was a few years ago alex a younger alex i would probably list difficulty but uh, honestly it, it didn't feel that hard i have a lot of deaths but it, again it didn't feel frustrating probably because there was uh this game has a shit ton of checkpoints and that i think that is part of why this game works as well as it does. If it didn't have as many checkpoints in it, I, I'd probably get slammed a lot more than uh, than it did. But yeah, it, it was nice to have that to uh, fall back on. Yeah, if there weren't as many checkpoints, I really feel like I wouldn't have finished the game. Honestly, really? I feel like I would have tapped out pretty early. Like if if you cut the checkpoint, well, I don't know. Uh, I probably would have finished it, but you probably would have added another hour to two hours if you'd cut the checkpoints in half for me. My my favorite, my second favorite trinket to get was the trinket where you have to hit a checkpoint in a room and then you have to skip like, not just skip, but actively avoid like five other checkpoints in order to get it. You'd have to get the checkpoint at the bottom of a room and then above the room is, above the checkpoint is the the trinket. Mm-hmm. But to get it, you need to get a platform that's on another side of the room. So what you have to do is go through three other rooms 
get back to that room, hit the platform to get it to start moving, and then kill yourself so you get back to the checkpoint at the bottom part of the level. That way you can land on the platform and then grab your trinket. That was my second favorite trinket to get, probably because it took me a little bit of time to actually get it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it had to, it changes up how I had to do the it made my it made the platforming harder for me, and I think that's why I liked it so much. Well, that was one of the three trinkets that I didn't get out of uh, twenty total. I tried doing it last night, and eventually I just I, I had to go to sleep. But uh, the, when you go back to these rooms, the way they're designed, they become harder just by virtue of having to avoid the checkpoints. You have to do things that you wouldn't. You would think maybe this wouldn't work, but it just takes a, like a little bit of a tighter timing, or uh, you have to flip faster, or, or whatever. And uh, I was fine not getting it. I, I, I'm I'm the casual gamer this week. <laughs> very very rare. I don't think that's going to happen too often. No. I did get all twenty bandages. Honestly, I don't think the juice was worth a squeeze. I. Do you get so anything I, for getting all 20 bandages or is it just like gold sticker? Good job, sport. Well, I thought that you got the secret lab for getting it, but you said that you had you were had the secret lab available to you. And the secret lab, uh, just so we're clear, is the area where you can go through and then you can do the Gravitron, yeah. right? Yeah. So I thought that that's what you got for doing the getting all the trinkets, but I guess not. I also unlocked like a jukebox mode. So all the monitors and the ship have a different song that can play through them but i never really did anything with that so uh, really if it's not the secret lab then it's more along the lines of gold star good job you did it did you go back to the ship at all during the the playthrough when you say go back to the ship you mean like the 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 main hub area the spaceship yeah you you can go inside your spaceship wait are you talking about where violet is yeah and the main yeah I mean, I went up there to take a look at the trinkets, things like that. I did use a guide to get the trinkets, not necessarily to like figure out how to get them, but core gamer which... status revoked. Sorry. Well, I had to, I did it so I would know where the trinkets are because I don't yeah. want to look through the map a million to, or look go through each level to try to figure figure it out. Oh, so you didn't but... talk to the professor once you? It's the yellow guy. Uh, I don't know if it's after you save a certain number of crewmates or if it's just after you save him. But eventually you talk to them and they will just mark all the trinkets on your map, whichever ones you have left to click. I talked to them, um, but I, I did the I did the trinkets before I before I did talk to them. Oh, the, I did. I did look up how to get that one that was really hard where you have to get the checkpoint and then go through the other rooms without mm-hmm. hitting any other checkpoints. I had to look that one up because I just didn't me have small brain and could not figure out. But. Uh, that's the only one I had to look up to figure out how to do. I think for most people, myself included, you're trying to figure out some way of getting the trinket while you're just stuck in that room. You're not really thinking ahead. You think, okay, wh- how the hell do I trigger this and still get it while I'm in this room? Not thinking about how the checkpoints actually work. At least that's yep, how it was. That, that's exactly that's exactly how I was thinking. I was thinking of it more of inside this little box than going out of the box literally to get back in. Pretty much. So after after you beat the game, you, you might think, oh, that's it. There's nothing left to do in the game, right? Aside from getting all the bandages or doing the Gravitron for five minutes, whoever's insane enough to do that. 
Um, but there are in at least in the Steam version, there's there are user levels which I actually kind of picked up right before the podcast. I, th- I thought it would just be like a few different screens, but some of them do look pretty large. I can't really go into detail yet because I just picked it up, but I honestly think I'm gonna go back to it after we finish the podcast, mm-hmm. and or maybe maybe not today, but I'll I'll come back to it and play them a little bit more because they actually feel like not full size, not the entire thing, but maybe like a map that's a quarter of the size of the main game, quarter yeah. to a third. I don't think it's workshop content in the sense that. There's a lot of content that's being like if you make it, you can upload it. It's uh, some curated content that was just patched into the game, and that's it. Kind of like uh, what's in Super Meat Boy and Super Meat World. Eventually, that was going to be like a Steam Workshop thing, but they had to just limit it to a few levels. So it was kind of like that. But uh, that that's a good point to bring up because I wanted to mention length here. This is a pretty short game, and I don't know if this this is just part of you know getting older and wanting to be able to finish more games but uh i, I appreciate the length here because e- even though it is very challenging and even if you do die a bunch of times there is a good chance you'll probably finish this within about two to three hours i finished it in about an hour and a half and the speed runs what like you said you found one for 15 minutes i've seen some for 12 minutes it's a nice mm-hmm. short little game and it does have the, the replay value like you mentioned with that user generated content maybe you don't know about it before like like when i played through it or you've got time trial modes. There's a, a mirror mode where everything's flipped vertically. So that gives you a new challenge. There's some achievements like beating the game without dying at all. God, Godspeed. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I can ever <laughs> do that one. That's one I don't have patience for. But yeah, the the length of the game coupled with this uh, this other content, it's it's not you know it's not Witcher three five hundred hours the uh, level content. But I I enjoy it for what it is. It's it's just a nice cozy little game yeah definitely it's an, a nice like for me you know me i'm i'm i regularly am the the casual gamer and these shorter games are really right up my alley it's something i can pick up beat in maybe a session or two and just put down have a good time and i'm i'm cool with it and then you know if you look at it on steam on steam right now uh v6 is only is it on is sale I mean, it, it's in the shop, it's, but it's five bucks. So for five bucks, two hours doesn't seem like a like a great value, I guess. I mean, but still, it's a ton of fun. I would recommend it. I definitely 100% would recommend the game. Or you do the really smart move and get the Terry Kavanaugh collection where you get V6 times Super Hexagon and Icy Dungeons, which it's a... It's a bit of a weird trajectory there not well not weird but interesting because you go from v6 times which is already pretty minimalistic super hexagon which is even more so and then something completely different which several years later to be fair but like a a full-on roguelike with with graphics (laughs) i don't want to say real graphics but definitely way more detailed than than anything else he's done kind of gives the the gives you a, a look at the trajectory that indie games have gone and what has become popular as the different games came out yeah Def- definitely roguelites are kind of a big thing oh yeah right well i guess right now it's the roguelites and the card builders uh excuse me uh podcaster it's deck builders can you please get shut it right? up i'm a i'm a casual shut up wasn't sure if i heard thunder out there oh no don't play that what was happened? not supposed to play i i was trying to take my earbud out because i thought i heard uh thunder and then 
the outro started to play, which I did not want it to do. Are you trying to tell us it's time to leave, Alex? No, not necessarily. Um, yeah, definitely not before we give the game our ratings. So, Alex, on a scale of do you like this or do you not like this, how do you rate this game? I love it. Elaboration? <laughs> I love it. I, I want. I, honestly, I wouldn't mind a sequel to this with uh, maybe a more fleshed out uh, graphical style, maybe another twist to the to the gameplay as far as something else uh, besides the gravity flipping. Amazing soundtrack. I, I, I can't. I, I can't overstate the music, dude. Like that's. If it didn't have the soundtrack that it does, it'd probably go from a love it to maybe even a dislike. I, I don't want to say it does even like half of the carrying but i don't don't know maybe maybe it does it's just really good it it, i don't feel like it had the same personality that it does without it um the graphics while they are basic they again like i said they have a a nice cozy feel it's not not everything has to be hyper detailed hyper realistic which around this time which is a lot what a lot of games were trying to go for so going against that grain was appreciated um yeah, I mean, a, a good challenge, a nice uh, length, and good replay value if you want it. So, love it. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm actually on the same boat with you here. Um, I probably would give it uh, 8 out of 10, honestly. I, I think it's really good. The length is perfect for me. The platforming feels so good. There's only a few areas where I'm just like, oh, well, that sucks. But even like in the super difficult areas... I love it. The the like you said, the music kind of keeps you going. The music makes you want to complete the areas. And you know, maybe Hippo in the past, maybe Hippo in twenty twenty ten wouldn't have done the Veni Veni Vici room. Mm-hmm. But Hippo now, that music gets me going. That gets me pumped. I see the challenge. I got to get there. I've, I I hit the top portion of there. I got I got to get there. It has that right amount of challenge for me. The different gimmicks, aside from that one tiny little piece, really kept the game fresh for me, and I was able to just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy the game. I would like, like you said, I would one hundred percent recommend the game to anyone who anyone wants to play it. Game's only five bucks. I mean, it's only two hours to play. Everyone can have two hours in their in their day to 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 play the game. Yeah, I would one hundred percent recommend the game. Eight out of ten. I love it. I, I would recommend it too, and especially uh, one thing I want to point out is someone was uh, I was talking to someone about this yesterday. Even if you're not normally a fan of platformers, the way the the game works, just by virtue of not having the jump like you would in most platformers, I think you could maybe still get some enjoyment out of this. Again, it is a difficult game when you first go through it; you're going to die a lot. But maybe just having a different spin on it and having a uh, a more thoughtful approach instead of just jumping over enemies and what what a lot of basic platformers do. You, you might like this more than other other action platformers. Definitely. And you know what, Alex? I think I think that's a good a good spot to close out V six times. But you know, I think you mentioned difficulty and difficult games. I think uh, for our next podcast, we should play a little bit of a difficult game and maybe something that's a little bit longer. What do you mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Well, you have the game picked out for this week. I'm not doing a, a last-minute pick, right? No, you're not doing a last-minute okay. pick because I have picked out from the original Nintendo. Oh, we're, mm-hmm. we're so original, going to the same console again immediately. 
man, you gotta you gotta hit them early with those big hits. The big hits. Uh, but I I've picked out the original Metroid. So if if you guys want to join, um, you don't want to join. Join us for our next uh, next session. Oh. We'll be playing Metroid. We're gonna on get the into NES. It. I already have some thoughts about that. I'm having to to rein myself in and not talk about it. And that's coming from a person that loves the Metroid franchise. I yeah. definitely just kind of pulling back the kimono here, guys. I had to convince Alex to actually do the original Metroid. But you know, Alex already has his thoughts, and I know he's not gonna like it, but it, it's gonna be cool to hear why. And yeah. what that reason is. So we're gonna we're gonna be playing that within these next two weeks. Definitely feel free to join along with us if you have any questions about or any thoughts on your on your time playing Metroid. Definitely join us uh, next week as we're recording next the podcast week? and kind of, not next week the twenty first or twenty second around then. Yeah, two weekends from now. Sorry, we're doing it biweekly, but definitely join us for that and. You know, go ahead and put your your comments in chat as we're going through the podcast. We might we might see them. We might read them out loud. Kind of talk about your thought your your views on the game as well. Yeah, yeah. That'll that'll wrap it up for today. Again, uh, V six times great indie game. It uh, came out at a around the indie boom. I'm I'm gonna look a little more into that. Get a better like idea of what like the trajectory on that. But I, I like it a lot. I'm glad that we could we could both agree on that. Definitely, definitely. And I guess, Alex, at this time, I think we should kind of uh, say where people can find us. Yeah. Me, I'm Hippopotamus. You can find me on twitch.tv slash hippo underscore pat underscore amiss. I stream from time to time. Don't really have a set schedule, but I stream from time to time. So there's me. And you can find me on twitter.com as Alex the Red. Red has two Ds on like my Twitch username, which is just Alex the Red. Uh, you can also find our podcast on several different uh, feeds. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict. Most major uh, feeds we should be uh, should be loading into by this point. Uh, as far as what I like to, I, I do kind of like hippo. I don't really have a set schedule at the moment. That's slowly changing, but I do try to stream on the regular. And you can find me there sometimes. But, uh, yeah, that'll and do it for, for today. And for those watching live, just stick around for a little bit after the outro music. We got a little something to tell you guys. Yeah, thank you again for hanging out uh, for today's podcast. I appreciate everyone listening to this. We will see you in a couple of weeks for our discussion on Metroid. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good one. Bye, guys. Bye.